You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Welcome to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. Hard rocking into a Saturday at noon. This is our new start time, of course. Uh, if you can't listen at noon, you can always download the app, listen to us, take us with you, listen to our show whenever you get a chance. And I am Joe Galina, sometimes known as the Fantasy Jesus, sometimes known as the Fantasy Hitman. You can just call me Joe Galina. I'm here with Michael Florio. We got to get you a, a nickname. I guess that whole Mike is lying uh, persona, but maybe we got to get you some kind of a nickname. Yeah, you do. And the thing is, though... So you're a man of, you have fantasy Jesus, you have the fantasy hitman. Mm-hmm. Frank, did you know that he had another nickname? Frank Staffel's uh, back with us. How you doing, Frank? I, I did not know this. What is it? <laughs> Joe, is this true? Uh, he dug up my old podcast and surprised me on Monday night. We missed you on Monday night on Fantasy First Look. And, uh, yeah, he just, uh, him and Donnie uh, surprised me with it. Now, Pete Considori producing the show today. How you doing, Pete? Doing fantastic. How are you doing, uh, uh, living legend? Doing well, doing well. Three o'clock is uh, our, our Rangers are uh, yes. right uh, yeah. so I'm very uh, excited. You're, yeah. you're all decked out in yeah. the... The midnight blue yes. and black jersey, uh, you know, back in the days when Dubinsky was still on the team. But oh, I, wow. I took it out of the rafters, but yeah. I'm very excited <laughs> to sing with Frank today at some point. That should be... Awesome, okay. Yeah. You guys got to sing about the living legend. <laughs> yeah, they living legend. <laughs> That's why be careful what you put on the internet. It'll did, always did you know be there. Right? Forever. Could you tell that that was Joe? Is that actually Joe saying that? Yeah, that's you saying that. All right, so let's get like a. When, when did you last make that podcast? Uh, probably two years ago. Uh, right. See, but it was me. But I obviously it reverb. That's why it doesn't sound like me. I guess. Let's get a a, a two year fast forward. Now, hold up, hold up, hold up. But you're not going to hear... Pete, Pete, you got to play it, and then Joe, you got to do it right after. That's how it's going to... Are we ready? All right, I guess, yeah. Here we go. Living legend! Living legend! (laughs) You got to put a little reverb, but then, you know, you know. I did not know that was Joe, and he told me, I was like, wait, that was you? I had no idea. I I thought you just threw, like, a sound drop in there from something else. That's what I thought. That was me, and I just had a reverb, but uh, I was a a big uh, old school wrestling fan and I was telling Mike Florio that I called myself the living legend based on Bruno San Martino and uh, me and my buddies we like I said we would just uh, follow old school uh, wrestling and, and and that's it. So, nice. See, there you go. <laughs> Very good, Pete. Pete's pulling all this stuff out. Great, great job, Pete. <laughs> uh, so glad to see you're back, Frank. Thanks. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. good How's good, everything good. going, guys? It's been a while. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. Since I've been here. Sing more. Come on. <laughs> oh, but let's, uh, no, I got to save my singing for... for today peace. is uh, our fearless leader, Mike Cardano. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Mikey. There you go. I uh, hope you're doing it right after last night. Oof, it was, <laughs> Not it was getting older, night. getting better, Mike. And uh, so, yeah, why don't we, uh, I guess, get started talking about fantasy. What do you think? I guess. I mean... I, if we get to it, whatever. Yeah, right. <laughs> so uh, Christian Arroyo, right? He actually uh, he got called up a couple weeks ago, was the San Francisco Giants' number one prospect. And uh, he uh, batted against Bronson Arroyo. <laughs> uh, no relation, but ironically, they went to the same high school, graduated 
18 years apart. What are the chances? <laughs> right? <laughs> right. That's really wild. Uh, I think he actually hit a home run off of him uh, last night. Yes, he did. Yeah. Off a of grandpa Arroyo? Yeah. Yeah. That wasn't a, a Bronson out of baseball for a little while, and now he came back. And yep. Yeah. Are you guys into uh, Christian? Do you believe? Uh, I mean, like I said, he's he was uh, San Francisco's number one uh, prospect. Uh, are you buying into him at all? Are you looking to maybe add him in, in any leagues? I think in deeper leagues. I took a shot on him in one of our <laughs> points leagues just because he has some positional versatility as shortstop and third base eligibility. Uh, but, you know, the average hasn't been there so far. I'm not sure his game is so fantasy friendly. I mean, you look at the minor league numbers. He really was just a high batting average guy. Mm -hmm. Still very young. I think he could grow into some power. Uh, but the three home runs so far and the limited sample size, I think it's a little bit misleading. Plus, he's really only hit well against left-handed pitching so far. He's only batting 143 against righties. Uh, he did hit that home run against Bronson Arroyo last night, but you know what? You could probably hit a home run against Bronson Arroyo, Joe. Uh, I probably could. Uh, what about you, Mike? Living legend. Do, yeah, do you think you could hit a home run off of Bronson Arroyo? In softball, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think if it was Yeah, but softball. if you get in that one bat a weekend, I don't know. Yeah, Joe thinks I get one at bat a weekend. <laughs> You're a pinch hitter in softball, Mike. <laughs> yeah, it's, that would be awful. I would not go. No. Well, so are you uh, buying into this Christian Royal thing as a? No, I said it uh, earlier this week as well when we discussed him. I don't really. I, I agree with a lot of what Frank said. I think he's a better real life player just because he's a top prospect. You know, they they could have a bad farm system. It doesn't. His mean His name much. would go good with the Holy Trinity in the uh, Grand Street Tavern. I mean, a, a Christian on the on the team called Holy Trinity. That's true. Jesus, that is Christian. very true. <laughs> Yeah. A cha -cha. little legend. <laughs> All right. We'll come back. Got lots more baseball news right after this on the Fancy Sports Radio Network. And we're back on the Fancy Sports Radio Network. Weekend Fantasy Update, Joe Galina, Mike Florio, Frank Stample, Pete Considori producing the show. If you wanna This is a good song to sing to. Are you guys ready? Early in the morning, Pete Considori at work. <laughs> That's all I got. Yeah. Wasn't it was promising. I thought you were going somewhere with it. <laughs> I thought you were gonna if you would have been able to sing to the beat of the song, I would have been very impressed. <laughs> I only, I'm a one-hit wonder. I had a, a one-line a a one one wonder. wonder. A one-line wonder. Pete, one-hit wonder, Contadori. Hey, if you want to join in on the fun, tweet out to us at FNTSY Radio. You could call in, 844-843-6879. And uh, you missed it on Monday night on Fantasy First Look. Uh, Frank, uh, basically, we, we gave uh, Mike Florio a chunk of time just to, to vent about his Mets. Oof. Uh, it was, I think I gotta it was go brutal. back and listen to that. Yeah, yeah. It must uh, must listen, uh, you know, just the same way that the Yankees are becoming must see TV. Uh, Boo. Come on. You got to give us our, our due. I was watching that game yesterday. Yeah. Got to give us our due. Gary Sanchez back. Down to the last strike. Mm -hmm. yeah, Yardy you, goes Yardy. You could, you could, yeah, you oh could my never. Oh, God. It's you so can never bad. Count them You're so out. jealous, Mike. <laughs> it's so bad. You're like, so jealous. Guardy goes yardy. Come on. What other radio announcer in baseball has a home run call for every player? Look at all the hard work that John Sterling puts in, Mike. <laughs> they're terrible. <laughs> I'm sorry. They're they're terrible. Aaron Hicks hits one to the sticks. Oh, I don't know what that means, but that is bad. But you know who's been impressing me even more is Stalling Castro. He's been awesome. Yeah. What is this call for Starlin? I think it's like Starlight, Star Bright. Well, I don't know. Something like that. 
It definitely involves Star in it. Like <laughs> we know that. No, nah, Star and Castro has been awesome this year. Uh, just you know, drawing- yeah, Aaron Judge is getting a lot of obviously play, and he yeah. deserves it. But uh, Castro's hitting cleanup for this team yeah. right now, consistently, and I think it should remain that way too. He's hitting over three hundred, uh, close to three fifty, I think. So, nah, he's been awesome. What I love most about him is that uh, he's been more patient this year. He's actually drawing a couple walks, not swinging at pitches outside of the strike zone. Uh, and then when he is swinging, he's squaring up the ball, and he's, he's doing a lot of damage. So Right, so he's kind of like, a, obviously, an, an, almost like an under-the-radar kind of fantasy viable guy, as is, who's uh, developed into what the Yankees thought he would, is a, a guy like Aaron Hicks. Yeah. Who, uh, basically, if there was... A market for a guy like uh, Brett Gardner, even though I love Gardner. I mean, you know, Hicks has been playing well enough where if you had to make a move for maybe a starting pitcher. Yeah, I think it might be something that they can look at. But I mean, as long as this team is playing as well as they are and they're competing, they probably try to keep everyone uh, together, especially because Ellsbury is injury prone. Mm -hmm. So it's good to have a a backup like Aaron Hicks. Yeah, I mean, it would be nice to get him every day at bats. He's We've seen flashes of it when he was in Minnesota. Yeah. I mean, he has power, speed, potential. Yeah, frankly, I was surprised at how he slumped last season. I mean, I had high hopes for for Hicks, and, and he's playing up to his potential now. Yeah, yeah, and it, it works well in Yankee Stadium, too. I mean, being able to be a switch hitter. I mean, you can bat against lefties, bat against righties, and then, you know, he's getting most of his at-bats as a left-handed bat with the short porch in right field. I mean, it all works out perfectly for Aaron Hicks. Look, he's a guy that if Ellsbury were to miss extended time I know you know he uh he he pinched hit yesterday and he drew a walk but he's been banged up if he if he misses time if he lands on the DL I mean in my opinion Aaron Hicks is a must add but yeah. I mean Especially for now 15, while he's a fourth outfielder yeah yeah 15 team league we we he own should, him yeah no he should be owned mm-hmm. not maybe not necessarily started but mm-hmm. I mean if Ellsbury were to go down this is a solid outfield four outfield five I think that's fine sure so let's go over some of the uh action that took place this past week uh, James Paxton, your man, uh, Mike, because I know you're very high on him. And <sighs> somewhere, all my teams are just crying. I, I, this injury just came out of nowhere. Ten day DL with uh, that. There goes that ten day DL again, right? This uh, is just the year of the injury. Yes. Who? I mean, you could, but there was no hint of it at no. all. It just came out of nowhere. He pitched well the other day. Mm-hmm. I really hate this ten day DL too, because mm-hmm. you you kind of you kind of touched on it, yeah. Joe, and it's like. Because it's only 10 days now, and, and you know, you can re- retroact with them a few days behind, Yeah, really it ends up being like seven, eight days where a starting pitcher only misses one, maybe two starts, right. and teams are just so quick to throw everybody on the 10-day DL now because they get they gain a, a roster spot out of it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, why not? Why why would you keep a guy on your bench for a week, a week and a half uh, when you know he can't contribute? You could get a guy up from the minors or, or whatever it is. Uh, so, yeah, guys, especially with the 10-day DL this season, guys are just... they're so quick to just throw them on the DL. Mm-hmm. Mike, how worried are you about this with James Paxton? Because whenever we see forearm strain, forearm strain is just a terrible injury, obviously for a pitcher. Sometimes it could be precursor for something much worse. And we've seen already a left-handed pitcher deal with this this season and continuously deal with it in Zach Britton. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I am a little concerned, but they are saying that he got the MRI. They said it's a grade one strain. They oh, said- you mean he... He let he let oh, them yeah. uh, commit no, him uh, su- taking the MRI. Surprisingly <laughs> enough, I mean, they didn't, they didn't throw <laughs> let's him out. Let's fire him up. <laughs> no, but we, we let's fire this, him up. Uh, they the they said it's a grade one strain. It's there. It's not severe. It's mild. So, but they are expecting him to miss two to three starts, which mm-hmm. sucks. Which mm-hmm. means you're going to be without him next week, the right. week after. Hopefully, and it not much like longer he than that. Finally, put it all together because he's always oh, he had has. so much potential. You know, since 
since the middle of last year, mm-hmm. he's really been performing like since the All Star break, he's been performing like an SP one. Right. So I, I'm a believer in the talent. It's just we need to get him back on the field as soon as possible. Adrian Gonzalez headed to the DL. Now he's been dealing with this. It started to, they call the tennis elbow during uh, spring training and elbow still bothering him. But um, I think maybe Cody Bellinger having him around uh, made them more comfortable throwing him on the DL at this point. Yeah, no, not maybe, Joe. Definitely, okay. because he's he's been awesome. He could play the outfield for them. Now he's playing first base with Adrian Gonzalez out. Mm-hmm. What I really like out of him so far, very limited sample size, only 10 at-bats. He has three hits in, in 10 at-bats against left-handed pitching. So mm-hmm. I think that if he proves himself against lefties, he can play every single day in this lineup. And the power is legit. I mean, he just hit two home, uh, runs, last night. Two home runs last night. He has four already on the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, the hard hit rate is near 50%. This was a major power prospect in the minors. One of the best. Uh, so and it's clear that the Dodgers consider him the first baseman of the future. And let's face it, I mean, Adrian Gonzalez, top-notch offensive production over the years, but slowly but surely has been declining. Especially in the power department, too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if the Dodgers want help uh, with power... Cody Bellinger is the perfect guy to just fill in there. And, you know, he was making it hard for Dave Roberts. He even admitted it. He was making it hard for him to send him down when everyone got healthy again. So it's kind of a godsend. You you don't want to be happy that someone's hurting Adrian Gonzalez, but you gain a legitimate power upside player, you know, off free agency. I mean, he was probably available in 10-team, 12-team leagues. Uh, So now you're able to pick him up and plug him in, and and you get power here. I just hope that they allow him to play against left-handed pitching. I really hope that they just let him. You talk about his bat, but he also is known for having a good glove, which I know we don't really care as fantasy that players. Keeps you in the lineup, but it keeps though. you in the yeah. lineup. It's 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 connected. My my issue with him though is once everyone's healthy, mm-hmm. where does he play? I read that he might be up for good. I don't know where he's going to play or what they would do. Because remember earlier this week, even when he was killing the ball, there was, mm-hmm. Dave Roberts said he was like, "Well, when you know Agons is back and Jock right. is back." He's going back to the minors. Puig is batting two thirty five now. Yeah, I still think they're <laughs> going to fall off. Uh, I still think they're going to keep playing Puig because I know his, the average isn't there, but he has like four homers and three stolen bases, and mm-hmm. he's playing well out there. I think I, I know on the fantasy bagels and baseball they mentioned they think Jock Peterson could be the odd man out, but he plays such a good center field. I, I don't really see it. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, if they want to take tolls out, but he's him out played there. really well too. Though. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. So, and I I cannot see them benching Adrian Gonzalez when he comes back. Look, Jock Peterson, he is struggling. I mean, there's no way around it. I know he just came back from injury, but even before then, he was hitting 208, striking out nearly 30% of the time. Uh, He's so young. I mean, you don't want to take his bat out of the lineup, but the same thing goes for for Bellinger. I mean, you don't want to take his bat out of the lineup, too. Adrian Gonzalez, once he comes back, you kind of want that veteran presence because this team everywhere else is very young. Mm -hmm. So you want that veteran and Adrian Gonzalez around. I tend to agree. I think it might be Jock. I think Jock might be the odd man out. Or, what, I mean, maybe to Adrian Gonzalez. Or to be sent down. Jock is not getting sent down. Yeah, he no, can't. I don't think he's I mean, going to get sent down either. His third year. And, in the, in and the I know he's, he's struggling, but he's played 19 games this year. So, mm-hmm. very small sample size. He's more proven. I don't think he's made the improvements over, the, you know, I think he, he's been in the league. This is his, what, second or third? Year. This is his third full yeah. season. I mean, don't you think yeah. that they the Dodgers might be a little disappointed that he hasn't really progressed as much as 
He got he should he have. got better last year, but he still struggles. I mean, he struggles against left-handed pitching. He strikes out a ton. Uh, and by improve, I meant from 2015 to 2016, his average went from 210 to 246. Mm-hmm. So still not ideal. But he does play a great you know well, center field, him, sure. and that he, keeps him in the lineup. He's well. going to give you 25 homers. He's mm-hmm. going to give you a good OBP. Right. So I mean, it, they, maybe they're disappointed that he didn't become the star that we all thought mm-hmm. he could be. But he's a damn good player. Right. It's a good problem to have. It sucks for fantasy. It's good for the Dodgers because maybe they just you know cycle everyone around. They'll they'll move Andrew Tolls out a day here. Cody Bellinger, maybe he doesn't end up playing every day. Maybe he plays three or four days when everyone else is think, healthy. I think that is a more realistic scenario than which sucks because he's awesome. just straight up getting benched. Right. I cannot see that happening. All right, well, we got lots more coming up for you on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network weekend fantasy update. Uh, a lot of little nagging injuries that took place this week. Uh, also, a few more players on the DL. We'll be right back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update with Joe Galina, Frank Stample, Mike Florio, Pete Considori producing the show. And uh, you can now take the world's premier 24-7 Fantasy Sports Radio Network with you wherever you go. Download the Fantasy Sports Radio app in the iTunes store. It's under FNTSY Sports Radio. You could also download it on Google Play and listen for free anytime, anywhere. You can hear Tony Sincata when you're on the treadmill, Benny Ricciardi when you're in the car, or Greg Sussman on the subway. Or maybe just relax with the king on the couch or Jake Seeley when you're jogging. We keep you updated and informed wherever you go. Get the FNTSY Sports Radio app for free right now in the iTunes Store or on Google Play and take the experts with you. Warning, we cannot be responsible for what happens when listening to the fantasy executive in the shower. <laughs> very good, very good, Pete. So, like I, I was saying before the commercial, a lot of little nagging injuries took place this week. Even uh, Brian Dozier, who's uh, looks like he's not going to play this weekend, right, Mike? Uh, no, he's expected to return on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, if you have him in weekly lineups, it looks like your uh, ankle sprain. And I man, you concerned that you know a mild ankle sprain for a guy like Dozier, where I mean, you're into it for his power. But yeah. also for 20 steals or 25 steals. He's actually provided more stolen bases this year. He's been better on the base pass than he has uh, with the power. So, uh, yeah, no, it, it's definitely something to, uh, to to be concerned about. But if as long as they don't put him on the DL, I don't think that they will throw him back out there unless he is completely healthy. So I trust that when he comes back, he'll be all right. Wade Miley left uh, Friday night's game in the first inning uh, after... Uh, he got hit with a comeback, or actually two straight. I don't know if you saw this. He got uh, two straight balls were hit right back to the mound. First one hit him in the left wrist, and the second one hit him, uh, I think, like on his leg, on the body. So uh, basically, they're calling it a left wrist contusion. So, I mean, he's been really a, a nice surprise so far this season. 2.27 ERA. Whip is a little high. Uh, 1.3, giving up a lot of walks, 5.4 per nine. Uh, the ex-FIP, FIPS here all suggests maybe a high three, low four. Uh, that strand rate's a little high. Uh, you guys uh, interested at all in the back of your fantasy rotation in a Wade Miley? 
I think he's a uh, a stream based on matchups. I think that's pretty much the extent of it. I know he has the 10.8K per nine right now, which yeah. is awesome. But the swinging strike rate doesn't necessarily say that that's sustainable. Uh, just 9.4 swinging strike rate. So a little bit above league average, not much higher than anything else he's done in his career. So I think the strikeouts are going to take a step back. Uh, and the, the control has been terrible. I mean, eventually that's going to catch up to him. Five walks per nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, I mean, if you're putting that many guys on with free passes, it just it's going to happen where yeah, you, you like give up said. a couple of hits, you give up a home run here to there with that many guys on base and you're walking them. It's all going to add up. So, yes, I do it. I do think that regression is coming for him. Uh, he's never been this great anyway, a career ERA of 4.12. So I think that's where he'll be, a high three, low four ERA guy that you can stream in certain matchups. Yeah, like you said, putting a lot of people on base, but that strand rate of, of just over 90, that's not sustainable. And once that normalizes, I think yeah, he's going to have, have some problems. And if he was to miss a start or two, it looks like uh, Gabriel Yanoa would be uh, stepping in his place. Pitch six or nine innings. Yeah. <laughs> Former Met. Looks like David Price. Looks mm. like you guys can use him doesn't, now. Doesn't, doesn't it? pitch like David Price. Mm. Uh, I don't David think this Price. guy's very good. I mean, he has some potential. He was good in the decent in the minors, but mm-hmm. the last year or two, both in the majors and the minors, hasn't been too effective. All right. Like I said, uh, a lot of little nagging injuries taking place. Bryce Harper wasn't in Friday night's lineup due to uh, groin tightness, considered day-to-day. Uh, Carlos Gonzalez, now, you, you, when you hear injuries with him, you get a little worried just because there was a period of time when uh, he was very injury-prone. Uh, left Thursday's game uh, and, and missed Friday's game due to a, a right calf cramp. Yeah, that's... I mean, a cramp isn't too scary because, you know, he'll get Unless a, you're a Met. Yeah. Then it turns into like a two Tommy John surgery. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I have a cramp in my calf. I have a cramp. I have a cramp in my calf. It turns out to be Tommy John surgery. You guys aren't wrong. But you, know, like, you, you, you are Carlos Gonzalez owner in one of our leagues that we're in together. Uh, he's been terrible yes, he along has. with yeah, this he's injury. Really been slumping, yeah. So, I mean, like, what do you do with him right now? I was thinking, do we get to a point where even, even though we have these players that we drafted high, do we bench them so they stop hurting us or do we just keep them in the lineup because eventually everything evens out? Because Hopefully your team is deep enough where you can. I would. I own, tra- I, mean, I own Trevor Story. How many weeks can you deal with a, a slumping player? I own Trevor Story. And mm-hmm. yeah, in, in a points league, he's given me zero points this week. Right. Because he just strikes out so much. And yeah. besides that, you draft him for power. He's not hitting for that much power either. Who could you put in his place? I mean, there are guys Anybody on free agency that I, I can look at. I think I picked up Josh Harrison, who's mm-hmm. been playing well. Been so playing I could well. put him at middle infield or something like that. But it's like, at what point do you take the, these guys that you drafted early? Andrelton Simmons, is he uh, available? Yeah, I'm sure he is. Yeah. I, the 12-team league, mm-hmm. uh, we have like five or six bench spots. So there are some decent free agents available. But I wanted to get your guys' take on that. Like, yeah. At what point do you just bench these guys that we drafted high look, but are struggling? Early May already. I, I, would, I mean, if, if you have a guy like Story... I'm not obviously dropping him, but I am sitting him. And the Rockies play seven games at home next week. Mm-hmm. Like, how can you bench him? But at yeah, the same time, he's been terrible. See, the, the difference is Story is really not proven. Mm-hmm. I know he had a, a good year last year, but it was a half a season in the major league level. That's it. Mm-hmm. Carlos Gonzalez, we've seen him do it year in and year out. Right. And he didn't show any signs of slowing down last year. So I am worried. But seven games at home next week, 
I'm not benching him. Mm. You don't want to miss out on those course field games. All well, it takes is it, a, is, is it you can't update your lineup uh, daily, can you? No, it's, okay. it, you said right. it before their first game, whether it's mm-hmm. Monday or Tuesday. Well, obviously, if they play seven, yeah. it's Monday, uh, and then they're just locked in there for the whole week. So yeah, you wouldn't bench. Trevor Story, seven games at home for Josh Harrison, who also plays seven games, but they're all on the road. Probably no, not, right? No, no, because in Coors Field, we saw it last week, 15 runs is like not that hard to do there. I, like You could have one of those games where they just one of these guys go off and they yeah. explode, and you don't want to be sitting there kicking yourself all week thinking, oh, I just left all these points on my bench because I overthought it. If he, if he plays seven games at home next week and he mm-hmm. does nothing... Then you know you could you could think yeah. about it. I'll 30, tell you right 38% now, thirty eight percent strikeout rate for him. But at least he's walking a lot. If story if story had seven games on the road next week, I would bench him for Josh Harrison. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you that right now. I'm worried about story. This is something that Greg Sussman and I were discussing on Fantasy BFFs, and I, I said I think he will get better than what he's doing now because we know the power is real. It's going to start I, to I heat up. Will. I mean that one eighty eight BABIP is. But I don't think he's, he's not going gonna... to return the third-round value that you had to pay to get him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the hard hit rate that is also considerably down. Last year, nearly 45% hard hit rate. This year, it's just 31. 31 still a decent, you know, a, a decent size, but everything else they do, 38% strikeout rate. Like Joe mentioned, 188 Babbitt. Nothing is going right for Trevor Story right now. If he, I agree. If he doesn't get it done next week, seven games at home, I think after that, you can consider benching him in weekly lineups. Because I, I certainly am going to consider it. I've already considered it now. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Ian Kennedy, most always a good back of the fancy rotation pitcher, is going to get your K's uh, on the deal with a hamstring issue. Looks like Chris Young uh, is expected to take his place uh, on Monday. Uh, Chris Young has always had like little flashes, little periods where he's, he's been pitching well, but. Uh, not much fantasy love there, right? No, unless if you know you're going against some good chance of home runs. <laughs> He's an extreme fly ball pitcher. All right. yeah, the only thing that helps him is that he pitches in Kansas City, but I agree. I mean, look at which games, for DFS purposes, certainly you're going to stack against Chris Young, uh, depending on the environment. I want to talk about the Royals real quick. Do you think that they just sell everybody yes. since they've been terrible? Yes. One thing that I've seen so far, a rumor, is still very early. Maybe they wait until the deadline. Kelvin Herrera to the Nationals. I think that would be awesome. I've heard that. I've heard that. I think they're going to do... They'll trade Kevin Herrera. I think they'll trade... I really you think they trade Soria too? I think they would trade anyone and everyone because they know that... Except Hosmer. I think Hosmer is the guy that I they're still going to... They're going to... If they're doing a rebuild, I think that he's the one guy that they kind of keep around. Kind of like, you know, the Braves were rebuilding. They kept Freddie Freeman around. I mm-hmm. think the Royals keep Eric Hosmer around as like the cornerstone of the franchise. I don't disagree with you, but I would not be surprised if we hear that he, he's being shopped. And if they get blown yeah, away, probably. I think they're an organization that will trade anyone. Mm-hmm. I mean... They're like the Pirates. I mean, they, they can't afford to sign a bunch of guys, so they have to retool through, uh, you know, trading for prospects and young players and, you know, guys that are under contract for a long time. Yeah, no, that's, and that's what they do. And that's why I think every single person on this team will be shopped. I would, I just, I would love Herrera to the Nationals, so I'm kind of rooting for it. Speaking of the Nationals, raise your hand if you know who their closer is going to be. <laughs> oh, my God. Crazy. Yeah. Matt Albert's first career save last night. Yeah. Crazy. But the good news, Coda Glover said he's going to be back when eligible. So uh, they're expecting him back in the, the next day or so. And then I think he slides in and takes the job. I, that's really what I think is going to happen because they obviously don't trust really anyone else mm-hmm. in that bullpen, I would say. We've seen a mix and match of different guys all year whenever Sean Kelly hasn't been available. 
Yeah, you're, you're probably right. I, I think Coda Glover was the, the first choice for Dusty Baker, too. Although, you know, I'll stick by what I said. I, I wanted it to be Sean Kelly, and I think he, he is the best reliever in this bullpen. But now that he's hurt, too, uh, they got to go somewhere. And maybe maybe they just continue to shuffle guys around. Maybe it's one guy one day for this guy, one day for this guy, uh, which is probably the likely scenario. They have the be best record of baseball, so so far what they're doing is working out. I mean, they've had used Blake, Blake Trinan. And honestly, they, <laughs> they should, used him yesterday in middle relief. Yeah, they should so. have more wins than they do now too because a couple of those games were blown by you know Blake Trinan whoever else that they've thrown out there uh, so I do think eventually they make a move because if you're really trying to compete for a World Series you can't go into the playoffs with the, a bullpen the issue with like that is who the hell do they have left to trade they still have some prospects they, they have they Victor unloaded, besides him though and everything says they don't want to move him Wilmer Defoe they he's not like gonna get you I mean look at what some of these top closers went for last year he's not he's not landing you a top closer. I know that they have another pitching prospect there too. The name is their farm system right is now. pretty depleted though. They have, they've unloaded a lot, or their guys are or are called up now. And you right. know they had at one point in time the best farm system. We've seen it translate yep. to big league success. Mm-hmm. We've also seen them trade pieces away. And the, I mean, think about it. The Yankees got Glaber Torres for three months of a role as Chapman. Mm-hmm. You're telling me you could get Kelvin Herrera under control? I mean. Eric Fetty is the pitcher that I was thinking of, and I know he's their top-ranked pitching prospect. So, I mean, look, if you if you want to compete, the, they're going to look at it the same way that the Cubs did. The Cubs needed to make that move last year to get Chapman, and they, they traded away what they needed to, and ultimately it, it resulted in a World Series. So if the Nationals think they're that one piece away, I think they'll, they, they'll they give away anybody. They need to win now. They do. Yeah, while uh, Bryce Harper's in the contract. Yeah. I mean, they just signed, Stra- mm-hmm. uh, signed Strasburg. I, I think they're partially inclined to hold on to like a Robles and everything because they know that a lot in a, in a year or two a lot of their talent is up and mm-hmm. they're gonna have to they're not gonna have the money to resign everyone so they need some pieces to come in good point good point uh, Cardinals also having some issues with some injuries we'll talk about uh, Dexter Fowler Steven Piscotti uh, and uh, Harrison Bader who may be called up we'll be right back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network And we're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. Joe Galina, Frank Stanfield, Mike Florio, Pete Considori producing the show. And I want to remind you that the RotoExperts.com exclusive edge in-season fantasy baseball package is your ultimate bench coach for the 2017 season. Stay ahead of the pack with our in-depth statistical breakdowns, trend analysis, and player insights. Become a waiver wizard and learn how to scan the numbers like a roto scientist. We help you set the ideal lineups every week. And this season, you get a built-in fantasy training staff with our new injury advisor, powered by InsideInjuries.com. Get the RotoExperts.com exclusive edge in-season fantasy baseball package now and start soaring to the top of the standings. Enter promo code FREERADIO at checkout for a special discount. So uh, before we went to commercial, I uh, mentioned uh, that the Cardinals are another team that uh, dealing with some injury issues. Dexter Fowler, who the Holy Trinity owns in the Grand Street Tavern League, <laughs> uh, the 15-team league that uh, our friend Tony Sincata put together. Um, I don't know if he's officially on the DL, but it's the foregone conclusion that he's going to be on their uh, right shoulder injury. Cardinals, uh, last I checked, they were waiting on the results of an MRI to determine how severe this injury is. 
And uh, Stephen Piscotti has been placed on the 10-day DL due to a hamstring injury. That's not considered as serious. Um, but it looks like uh, Tommy Pham has been called up. Uh, Jose Ramirez could see some increased playing time. And hey, if you're looking for maybe a, a sleeper type, uh, Harrison Bader, his name has been brought up, uh, has a little pop and speed. He may get a uh, call up from the Cardinals AAA team. Yeah, so if you own Fowler or Piscotti, I really think that you could just pick up either one of these guys who are stepping in for them. You won't get the same production, obviously, but I think that you could still get decent level production. Uh, Tommy Pham is a guy who we, we've seen have success, uh, mm-hmm. maybe in, in shorter periods of time, but we, we've seen him do it at the major league level last year. Um, and then yesterday he came in, didn't miss a beat. He hit a home run off Mike fulton It was an absolute laser to uh, straightaway center field. Uh, so I think he has a little bit of power speed combo. He he had a couple of home runs and like six stolen bases in the minor league so far this season. So if you need power speed combo, maybe not the best batting average. I think he's the way to go there. And then if you want batting average but not as much power or speed, kind of like the reverse. I think Jose Martinez is the guy because just looking at his minor league profile, he was a guy who hit close to 300 but never really hit for much power. He would hover around 10, 11, 12 home runs per season. So I think Jose Martinez could give you the batting average if that's what you need in the Mm -hmm. meantime. And I think Tommy Pham is a guy that has a little bit of power speed upside. Tommy Pham, when he's he's one of those, he's streaky. He gets hot at times, but... He kind of sucks too. Mm. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he has four stolen bases in his minor, in his major league career. His career average is two forty eight. But you know, like like I said, he's very streaky. Like last year, he finished at two twenty six. He strikes out a lot. I know, like it's all small sample size for him in the majors. Mm-hmm. There's a reason though that this kid keeps you know the the Cardinals keep finding other options besides him. They're a smart organization. Yeah, it just seems like a prototypical Cardinals player, though. Like a guy who comes up, gets hot, gives you some production while you need it. Like last year, they had Hazel Baker. They just randomly find these guys that just come up and contribute for them. And and he went through a period where he was productive for them, but then he also went through a, a time where he was slumping as well. But I think, you know, if this Fowler injury isn't as severe, maybe he's only out a week or two, mm-hmm. you can probably just pick up Fam in deeper leagues. I'm talking 15 teams or deeper or maybe even NL only. Uh, you could just pick him up to get some at-bats in the meantime. Corey Kluber was placed on the DL this past week, uh, Wednesday. My, my guy. Uh, back tightness. Uh, has been struggling this season, and maybe this is the answer. Maybe, you know, a back is is important. I mean, use it as an athlete, right? Especially as a pitcher. Uh, struggling with a 5.06 ERA, 1.36 whip, and six starts. Um, you guys think that this could be something serious? You think it's a quick hit on the on the DL? I mean, I think it's they want it to be a quick hit, and I don't think that it's anything too serious. But backs are a little scary because they're an injury that can linger, and right. they obviously plague your performance when, if it's acting up. Yeah, I think they're going to be cautious with him. I'm not sure how much time he missed. Maybe we'll we'll they'll wait until the middle or you know end of May. Maybe the end of May is more likely because I think that they really they're not going to rush him back, and they're going to wait until he's absolutely 100 percent healthy uh, until they get him back in the lineup. And as a Kluber owner, uh, I actually agree with them. I I don't want them to rush him back. We've seen that happen with multiple starting pitchers already. And I think the biggest place where it affected his performance and very likely 
it was his back that was affecting this was the walks. I mean, his walks were over three per nine this season, and that's not like him. Like him, he's a guy who you know two walks per nine, under two walks per nine. Always a guy with good control. So I think that's what's really hurt him, likely from the back injury. So I want them to play it safe, let him come back when he's completely healthy. I think late May is probably the likely scenario for him. And keep an eye out for Mike Clevenger. Remember, he was up with the club last yeah. season. He's, he was one of their top pitching prospects. Yeah, yeah, he's killing it in AAA right now. 1.5 ERA, K per nine just under 10. Walk's still a little high, you know, three uh, over uh, nine innings. But uh, just keep him, keep him in mind you, in case this becomes a, a serious issue. Do you remember in draft season when we were talking about the top 10 pitchers? Yeah. And, and, and the one that seemed to have the most concern was Chris Sale. Yeah, and he's like the only one that has no, yeah, you know, don't that, have to yeah. worry about it all right yeah. now. I'll, I'll wave the white flag on Chris Sale. Mm-hmm. Actually, another guy that I was just talking to Joe randomly before the show. I was like, you know, this guy is just making us look absolutely mm-hmm. stupid right now. Zach Greinke. Yeah. And then again, he's, last night he did it in Colorado. Well. Like yeah. another guy. I'll just wave the white flag. And people who are there are a lot of people that are reaping the wards. I am not one of them. I, I didn't want Chris Sale or Zach Greinke. I'll openly admit it. But. Look, he's been awesome. The control has been great. He's striking people out. And he did it in Colorado last night. So I think it's safe to say Granky's back. Yeah, Granky's making us all look foolish. Yes, yeah. And Sale as well, because like like you, I wasn't really high on him. I mean, obviously he's a top, top pitcher, but we weren't sure how he was going to react to, you know, pitching at a Fenway. Here's what I will say about Sale, though, too. He got off to an incredible start last season, and the ERA still finished, uh, I believe it was, above three last year. The second half was not nearly as good as the first half. So he strikes me as a guy who's prototypically a a fast starter, gets off to hot starts, and then maybe in the second half, you know, when lineups see him a second, third time, whatever it might be, uh, they're more adjusted to him and, you know, more likely to hit him well. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying to go out and trade him, but I'm just saying... Keep what an about, eye on that. What about this week of, of games between the Red Sox and the Orioles? It's almost like the Orioles-Red Sox rivalry is is kind of like almost equaling the Yankee-Red Sox rivalry. This week was just amazing. I'd say it's better right now. Right? <laughs> I, I really... Yeah, this is crazy. Yeah. What's going it's on? the best... As of right now, I would say it's the most intriguing rivalry in all mm-hmm. baseball. And, and you talk about Sale. You, you saw the clip of him... He was involved in the whole beating stuff. He threw, he threw behind Machado. Yeah, yeah. And then when he went into the dugout, like he was just all fired up. Basically, uh, they were saying that they're reading his lips or whatever. Like we're in a war now, you know. It's just, <laughs> this is just, good though because these are two teams that are going to be battling out for that division, you know. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. no, the Yankees are running away. They're, they're, with the Yankees, Yankees are in it as well, <laughs> but they're all going to be battling it out. Well, and we're right. be, but we're behaving. Yeah, as, yeah, you guys are. But it's not always about the Who Yankees, thought, The Joe. young guns, right? The young guns this, are behaving. This rivalry, I'm hoping this division comes down to these two like playing late in the season, you mm-hmm. know, jockeying for position, because it's, it's pretty awesome. Well, hopefully Brad Brock is going to continue to close. He'll be closing out games for the Orioles late in the season. Uh, we don't wish anyone ill will, of course, but uh, Zach Britton returned from the DL on Tuesday. Uh, but it was obvious he just wasn't right and wasn't healthy. Uh, it's his forearm, right? Yep. Yeah. So you having an MRI. Believe it or not, he's also another pitcher who uh, is going to have the MRI that the, his team wants him to have. He's not a son of a god, though. That's <laughs> that's the difference. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, Brett but, Brock is awesome, though. Yes. Gets yeah. a ton of strikeouts. Mm-hmm. Good command. I mean, even before he stepped into the closer role. He was one of those relievers that you can own right. just for good peripherals and good strikeouts. And that was why I considered picking him up the week before uh, Zach Britton got hurt right. because we needed help in our pitching. Uh, but yeah, I think as long as Zach Britton is out, 
Brad Brock is a top 12 closer, yep. hands down. And um, another closer uh, that has gone down, and this is, who the heck could figure out what's going on in Oakland, even before this happened, but Sean Doolittle uh, was part of the uh, A's closer by committee, put on the DL with a left shoulder strain, uh, pectoral and biceps discomfort they're talking about. He's going to have an MRI as well. I He's mean, always talk, hurt. It's, yeah, I mean, they talk about a you know, closer by committee, but he actually had five saves already on the season, so. I'm still thinking I'm going to back into being correct on guessing that Casilla will lead the team in saves just because with no Doolittle, he was probably the biggest competition because they seem to want Madsen in that like Andrew Miller-esque role. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carlos Rodon, Chicago White Sox starting pitcher, uh, is getting closer at least. Uh, they're saying maybe about four weeks away from returning. Uh, what do you guys think? Do you think um, is it time to... Pick him up and stash him too soon. I mean, if you do it now, maybe less fab. You know, I'm, he might even be owned in, in some leagues. I don't imagine deeper, he's owned in, in a deeper in a uh, bench. Leagues. But if he's there, I mean. As long as you have a DL spot available, I think he's worth owning now. Mm-hmm. Even 10, 12 team leagues. Uh, I was a big Carlos Rodon fan before he got hurt. I would have had him ranked as a top 40 starting pitcher. Uh, I know the command has always been an issue with him, but he has strikeout stuff. And he he's a guy who always suckers me in because he always puts together great second halves where mm-hmm. he shows improved command uh, and just the strikeout stuff is there. He's a guy who's going to average uh, a strikeout per nine and, and does get a decent amount of ground balls as well. So really everything that I like, minus the bad command, I like the high strikeouts, I like the ground ball rate. Uh, and you know now that um, they don't have... Tyler Flowers anymore. I know that they're they're catching their their pitch framing was terrible. That's something that Michael Florio wrote about uh, with Chris Sale moving over to the Red Sox. So you know maybe just the White Sox having new catchers in there would also help Carlos Rodon uh, with his pitch framing and getting more strikes called from umpires. So I was a big fan, and I think in ten or twelve team leagues, as long as you own a uh, have a DL spot, I think Carlos Rodon should be owned. Anything other than that, if you don't have a DL spot available, or if he's just taking up a bench spot. I would say no for right now, only in deeper leagues. Right. Uh, Mike, so now that the Mets are saying maybe maybe two weeks for Steven Mets? I'll take the over. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They need him though desperately, man. Mm-hmm. But what's the latest with him? I mean, he's pitching he, off of, uh, he threw off a mound the other day. He's actually, they're saying, gonna could be getting rehab assignments soon, but I think he still needs to get stretched out. I mean, he hasn't pitched in over two months really didn't have much of a spring training at all i i think he's gonna need a little bit of time to get stretched out before they call him up and throw him in there but you know we keep seeing rafael montero and i guess sean gilmore and get rocked and that's might be like all right hurry it up we need you now yeah but do you want to rush this guy i mean you, you were someone who was even pissed it's, off that you know is he being Mets? a baby yeah, yeah. you know it like is it, is it just like a pain tolerance thing for steven Mets? i think the the mets so just get like a designated person to be like in their clubhouse that just like rubs your boo-boos when, when you have an ailment. See, I thought that for a while, but I'm actually coming around a bit. I think the Mets... Ooh, a soft spot for Steven Mets. No, I think the Mets would be like, a, no, 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 you're okay, pitch through it. And I, I think it's a bad sign that he goes to his own doctor because he clearly doesn't trust the Mets doctors. And I mean, the, when you, we can't give the Mets the benefit of the doubt with any injury anymore. They just don't deserve it. Right. Uh, well, wouldn't the Mets situation be a lot better if uh, they had Michael Fulmer in their rotation right now, right? But then they wouldn't have Cespedes. Yeah, that's, I guess. Well, where is Cespedes now? They don't make the he's World Series. He's playing golf somewhere. <laughs> he's playing golf somewhere. But he's been pitching well again. Um, 
Do you think he's, I mean, 2.77 ERA? Uh, it was Fulmer Friday last night. It was Fulmer Friday. I mean, uh, do you, are you believing guys or sell high or that this is two, two seasons now that he's, he's pitching well? Absolutely not. I mean, that's just me. I don't believe. Uh, no, no, oh. absolutely not selling high or oh, okay. selling at all. I think that this is who he is. Not the sexiest pitcher. I mean, eight strikeouts per nine. I think that's where he's going to be at. Seven and a half to eight strikeouts per nine. Mm -hmm. Decent control. Uh, he's not going to have an ERA under three. I'll tell you that right now. The 2.77 ERA, it's not going to remain that way for the rest of the season. But 3.2 to, to 3.4, I think that low, low to mid three ERA, I think that's where he's at. And he's going to give you solid strikeouts. I was watching the game last night. The guy has absolutely filthy stuff. The only thing that I will say about him is that he falls in love with his fastball a little bit too much. And you're throwing that, it becomes a little bit predictable for hitters. Um, if you look at the splits, he's been lights out against left-handed pitching. These guys, they're hitting under 200 against him, but he has a reverse split where he's getting hit hard by righties. Uh, his changeup has just been absolutely lethal against lefties. Like I said, I was watching that game last night. I love the arsenal. Fastball, uh, four-seamer, two-seamer, slider, changeup. I'm a huge fan of Fulmer. I believe in him. Uh, I just, he's not going to have an ERA under three. He'll have a low to mid three ERA. You know, when we come back, I'll tell you why I'd be selling high on him right now. All right, now you know, you got to stay tuned. We'll be right back with Mike's take on Fulmer on the Fancy Sports Radio Network. And we're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update with uh, Joe Galina, Frank Stanfo, Mike Florio, and Pete Consadari producing the show. Uh, before we left the commercial, uh, Mike was going to take issue with Frank and uh, his uh, Mike Fulmer whether or not he could pitch under three. No, I don't think a he three can. Year ERA, and I think. No, right, I, I also said that I didn't think he could. I think right now is. Well, I thought you guys were going to like get into a battle right now. No, Maybe. no, he thinks he's a sell high. I don't think so. Oh, okay, I think this is the best stretch that we're going to see Fulmer pitch because I don't think what he's doing right now is that sustainable. Okay, I, I don't think he's a terrible pitcher, but mm -hmm. there's signs that point to him obviously regressing. The FIP and XFIP are both higher than the ERA. The BABIP is low. Mm -hmm. He doesn't give a ton of strikeouts. I think he's a better real life pitcher than fantasy, and also. He's been a big, big, big benefactor of an easy schedule. The teams that he has faced so far, the highest total, I looked at total runs of all the teams he's faced. Mm -hmm. The highest is the Tampa Bay Rays at 14. A lot of the teams that he's played are in the bottom third in runs scored. So, obviously, I mean, that's we shouldn't hold that against him. You have to face who you have to face. Right. But that's going to get harder. And it's, to me... Part of why you know his ERA is so much lower than his FIP and everything is because he's played inferior teams. Okay, that's a good argument. And you, you did your research. So, so d did he face inferior teams all of last year as well? Because his FIP and XFIP were higher than his 3.06 ERA last season as well. Last season, he had a very, very hot month. The month that was insustainable. And then if you look outside of that, he also had a, a terrible month. So, I mean, this is a guy who we've seen go on a hot streak before. But looking at the scheduling and all the numbers and everything, I think it's easy to say that he is not this good. That's why I would try and sell high. I'll agree that he won't have an ERA under three. He has a 2.77 ERA right now, but I just look at everything across the board right now, and it's very spot on with last year. The BABIP is a little low. I will agree with that. But I think where the regression comes 
it's not going to he's not going to end up with an ERA close to four. There are guys that can that can pitch much lower than their FIP and XFIP. It that happens all the time. Marco Estrada is a perfect example of that. So I think Michael Fulmer is a guy that could be a low three to mid three ERA guy. That's exactly what I was drafting him to be too. I had him as a, a a borderline like top twenty five, top thirty starting pitcher, uh, just because I like the the consistency. I mean, the the three to three and a half ERA. I think that's fine for your third, fourth starting pitcher. Whatever you wherever you might have got him, he's going to give you a solid whip as well. He do, he certainly doesn't blow you away. Not a fantasy ace, mm-hmm. but I just think for where you got him and what he's doing right now. But if you don't think he's going to pitch to this level the rest of the season, why would you not sell high then? But, I mean, realistically, selling high on a guy who has a 2.77 ERA. So if he pitches to a 3.15, I mean, I'd be fine with that, personally. No, no, I'm I not. I mean, like, what do you think he's going to pitch to? Like, I think I think his ERA is going to be over three. So for that to come up, mm. he's not going to pitch. You know, it's going to be a little bit higher than that. I, I could see being mid threes the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. But if I could sell now and get a top 20, 25 pitcher for, for him, because the guy okay. he's young. He doesn't get a lot of strikeouts either. I think I think you pull that trigger. All right. We'll be back with more baseball talk on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You worked all week. Work, 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 work. You didn't have time to look at your fantasy lineups. Son of a bitch. But don't be afraid. <laughs> That's why we give you Weekend Fantasy Update. Woohoo! Here are your hosts, Joe Galina, Frank Stample, and Mike Florio. And welcome back to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. We're actually working 12 p.m. to 2 p.m. now. Uh, we used to be on at 10, but you can hear uh, bagels and baseball. Very entertaining show with our friends uh, Tony Sincata and Cha-Cha. Um, and, of course, you can hear all the content on the uh, Fantasy Sports Radio Network if you download the app. Take us with you wherever you go. Uh, if you want to join in uh, on the show, you can tweet out to us at FNTSY Radio. And uh, you can give us a call, 844 843 Six eight seven nine. Uh, did you guys see? Uh, you know, we used to do that fantasy fumble thing. Did you see Josh Reddick? Um, he's on the Astros now. He created big, big wrestling fan. Created a, a wrestling type championship belt, <laughs> which uh, he gives out to the player of the game. And he had done it when he was with the Dodgers, the A's, the Red Sox. Uh, Carlos Correa actually did a post game interview with the belt on his on his. On a That's pretty sweet. <laughs> the Mets did something like that as well. Now they have a crown. They had a championship belt. Last year, when Mark Teixeira hit that walk-off Grand Slam, his last career home run, yeah. I was actually out the game. Awesome. Uh, he also had just like a random WWE championship belt. Like <laughs> Once he crossed home plate, I was like, all right, I didn't know this was a thing, but right, right. I guess it is now. And supposedly now when he comes to the plate, uh, Josh Reddick, the, the Astro fans greet him with a woo. That's sick. What's his song? Is it a wrestling song? I don't know. Because he's, he's always he used had to have careless whisper. Yeah. yeah, he's always had cool walk up songs. Yeah, he is a big wrestling fan though, so that's awesome. Woo! <laughs> we got to bring that back, right? You think he would? Uh, he would approve of the living legend. Uh, I, I think he'd he'd laugh at it just for a second, and then he'd maybe. Give me a clothesline or something. I don't know. <laughs> Stone Cold Stunner. <laughs> Give you a noogie. <laughs> Maybe. Um, so, yeah. So, um, 
you guys going to be looking at the waiver wire? Uh, it's, it's Saturday and Sunday night. A lot of people picking up players. One guy that really has caught my eye is uh, Trevor Cahill. When you look at this guy's numbers, man, I mean, you know, we make fun of uh, the Padres sometimes and some of their players. And look, Jared Weaver's giving up home runs like candy this year. <laughs> <laughs> you get one, you get one, you yeah, get one. Exactly. But when you look at Trevor Cahill's numbers, they're, they're pretty impressive. I mean, uh, he's got a 3.6 ERA, uh, but uh, the FIP, the ex-FIP, I mean, they're all like 2.6, 2.8. Um, striking out people like crazy, uh, 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 just over 11K per nine. Um, you guys buying into this? I mean, he's only 10%. Last time I looked, he was 10% owned in Yahoo League. So is this somebody that maybe our, our listeners could be looking to, uh, to bolster their fantasy pitching staff? Based on everything he's done so far and his peripherals, I would say that he is a must-own player. But I will also say that I don't, I don't necessarily think that he's going to keep it up because we, we know who Trevor Cahill is. We've seen it for a while. Now, could he have reinvented himself? We know him? the real Trevor Cahill. <laughs> <laughs> could he have reinvented himself? Certainly, there's a possibility. He, he He's implementing a knuckle curve this year, which has been absolutely dominant pitch, mm-hmm. uh, which has led to him having a career high in swinging strike rate and K per nine. He's always been a guy who gets a ton of ground balls. So I think the fact that he keeps the ball on the ground, he's getting more strikeouts, Definitely works in his Line favor. Line drive rate is almost 4% less than last season. So, I mean, that's a good sign, too. Yeah, and, and the strand rate is also uh, is is very low. So you have to think that that's going to get better, which will which will help him. And that's why the FIP and the XFIP are so much lower. Uh, pitches in a good environment. The only thing I really don't like is the fact that he walks a lot of guys, and he's always walked a lot of guys. Uh, but, he you know, he's had prospect pedigree. He was a, a big-name prospect for the Oakland A's. Now, I mean... Sometimes guys, they just they need a fresh start, and then they, yeah. they reinvent the way that they pitch, especially once they get older, and they, they, you know, they find new things, they add something to their repertoire, and it he's looks like that's that what quote he's done. quote pitcher's park in San Diego. Yeah, yeah the know. last... I know he was a reliever last year, but he started throwing that knuckle curve last year, and even mm-hmm. more this year, and that's when we've seen the spike in strikeouts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The one other negative about him, he's given up a lot of hard contact 40% yep. of the time, mm-hmm. but... He's done that and pitched well, and everything says he's pitching better than the numbers would even reflect. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I do think he's worthy of a flyer. And, you know, just throw a couple bucks on him in fab, and maybe don't throw him in your lineup right away. But if you want to see him put it together a couple more starts, that's fine. But I think he's worth adding. And he's only owned in 40% of CBS Sports Leagues right now, so he's out there in a, yeah. in a ton. Yeah. Uh, we've spoken in the past about Aaron Judge and Eric Thames. I want to hear you take on Ryan Zimmerman, who's really the hottest baseball player around. We'll be right back on the Fancy Sports Radio Network. Hey, we're back on the Fancy Sports Radio Network. Weekend Fantasy Update with uh, Joe Galina. That's who I am. I'm here with Michael Florio. I'm here with Frank Stample and Pete Custody is uh, guiding us making the show sound great like he always does, producing the show. And uh, before we went to commercial, I was talking about uh, Ryan Zimmerman, man. This guy is really, really coming into his own. Now, the big problem with him, obviously, over the years has been his ability to stay healthy. I mean, he's he's had seasons where he's had, like, back in 2009, 33 home runs, 110 runs batted in, 292 average. Uh, obviously... I mean, he's not going to keep up the pace that he's at now, batting 433, 
with 12 home runs in his first 28 games. But uh, uh, the folks at the Roto Experts uh, this morning, they did a poll in terms of uh, who would you rather own, Ryan Zimmerman or Eric Thames. And you have the results there, Frank? Yeah, so nearly 200 votes, 52% would rather have Eric Thames. Forty-eight percent Ryan Zimmerman, but very you know, based on those results, yeah. it is it is that is uh, way too close, yeah. in my opinion. Eric and, Thames and all what day. Favorite? Yeah, I voted Eric Thames as well. Eric Thames all day. He has been. I mean, look, you can't argue with what Thames has been doing. But uh, I was looking at his numbers over the past two weeks. He's batting close to two hundred. Um, I mean. Yeah, he was naturally going to call cool off. That's what's going yeah, to happen. But to not, you don't want him to bat close to two hundred. No, but no, I mean no. it's only a two week span. Look, you know he's not as hot as uh, as good as he showed those first few weeks, and he's not as bad as he's showing now. The past couple weeks, we're talking about Thames, but Zimmerman. I mean, look, you know I'm not foolish. I know that the unfortunately the guy's going to end up on the DL before we know it. So this was something Greg and I were discussing during on BFFs and. The Roto experts at the park, you know, they caught up with uh, with Zimmerman or with someone on the Nationals who said players like Daniel Murphy and Ryan Zimmerman actually study like fan graphs and they look at what works and what they're doing and they tweak that to incorporate it into their game. And we saw it with Daniel Murphy. I mean, he's a different hitter now. Mm-hmm. He's pulling the ball more. He's hitting more fly balls right. and everything. Zimmerman, he's made some changes, mm-hmm. but like he's not hitting the ball in the air more. He is hitting some more line drives now than ever, and, and his hard hit rate is up. But then again, I mean, he's still hitting fly balls at his normal career rate, pulling the ball less than he ever has. So, I mean, he's changed, but not a whole lot. And there's some obvious regression that's going to come here. It's either going to be he's going to get hurt or he's going to cool off and, and go through a slump. Cause or this both. Is just Yeah, this is just insustainable. Yeah. I agree with that. The the biggest factor for me here is health. And, you know, Eric Thames is the younger player. Uh, and he's just, I trust him more to stay healthy. Again, maybe that's, you know, a mistake on my part because, you know, we haven't seen much of Eric Thames and, you know, he's been in Korea. But I'll take the guy who is younger, who's fresh, who's coming over here from another country uh, over, you know, Ryan Zimmerman over the, since 2014, the highest game total that he's had since then. 115. Uh, yeah, so I, I agree with you he's, 100%. Yeah. He's missed like 40 or more games every single season. Why is, is that not going to change this year? I, I just, he's the only nice getting thing about older. Him right now is it's too late now because I'm sure he's, he's been picked up off the waiver wire. But the nice thing about Zimmerman is that you really didn't invest anything. No. In and, and he, you can't, I don't think you can sell high because. Yeah. Everyone, like, like we're all talking yeah. about it. He's going to cool off. I mean, He's when gonna... Miggy went down, I ended up, I, I was thinking, should I pick up Mitch Moreland, who was, wasn't hitting that many home runs this year, but he was batting near 300, and Zimmerman was just going crazy. I said, you know what? Miggy's probably going to be back in a couple weeks. I'll take a chance on Ryan Zimmerman. I mean, I don't remember when I dropped. There wasn't anybody crazy. You know, I think that goes with any wave wire move that you make. As long as you're sensible about, about who you're going to be dropping, yeah, take a chance. No? Yeah. I think you actually can sell high on Zimmerman, though, Mike, because, you know, in, in the average league, average players, I mean, maybe they're not paying attention to all the peripheral stuff. Maybe they just see a guy who's absolutely killing it right now. He has the second most fantasy points among all batters this season behind only his teammate, Bryce Harper. Mm-hmm. Bryce Harper was a top seven, eight pick. So Ryan Zimmerman is right there behind him. I think if you're in a points league right now mm-hmm. and you're playing just like in an average league, I think that you can sell him high right now. You can get a 
huge return on him. I think right. you could get I like a top 10, top 15 huge, outfielder but, or, yeah. or, or starting he, pitcher. I don't, I don't think so at all because not even the peripherals, just the fact that we all said he's old, he's had a bunch of down years. He's experienced. He's, he has a lot of injury history. <laughs> That's something that your average fantasy player knows. They're going to look at it and be like, all right, well, he misses t- a ton of time every year. Mm-hmm. You know, he's coming out of nowhere. I don't think anyone is really going to give up a key piece, someone they drafted high for a Ryan Zimmerman. I think you, you could trade him. You'll certainly people will be wanting to trade for him now, mm-hmm. but I don't know if you get something worth getting rid of him while he's playing this well. If that makes sense. That makes sense. I would certainly try. I would. I would. I would try my you hardest. Think you because get a top ten outfielder for him. Top ten, no. Well, maybe top no. ten drafted. Maybe not someone who's performing like a top ten guy right now, but someone who is drafted as a top ten outfielder who uh, isn't playing like it yet, or something like that, or well, or, say, or a top ten starting pitcher right now. Like what about, about a Hunter Pence for a? Uh, but see, I don't Zimmerman. think I would want. And, and, and Pence is not a top ten outfielder no, no, anymore. No, no, But I don't think I'd want to give up Zimmerman hitting this well. I wouldn't for want to Hunter do that Pence. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. I think you'll get offers, but I don't think you'll get an offer high enough where you want to trade him. Right. And a, like a Cole Calhoun, you wouldn't do either, right? No. No, I don't. Yeah. See, that's the thing. Like you're gonna have to go real high to want to. What for about the guy? Who, what about Jose Ramirez? You think you could get him for Ryan Zimmerman with that position eligibility, with what he's done so far this season? I think you might be able to get a Jose Ramirez. You, you potentially could, but would you... Who will probably be more consistent for the entirety of the season, and I would trust not to get hurt. Yeah, I agree with that. But do you want to give up all the production you're getting out of Zimmerman right now for him? That's the thing. I, I don't think you're going to get to a trade where both guys are... Someone's willing to give up what the Zimmerman owner is going to want, and then vice versa... Where the Zimmerman owner, the guy will give something that the Zimmerman owner is willing to accept for him. How about taking somebody who's really, really slumping right now? Like, like a, a Carlos Gonzalez? No, I, I, I don't think you're going to do that. And you're probably not going to do this I was thinking about him, though. I was thinking about Carlos Polanco, Gonzalez. A Gregory Polanco. The guy, the last time I looked at him, batting 221. That's not a bad one. 221, zero home runs, four runs batted in. But Polanco and Cargo were getting drafted, you know, in a similar range. I mean, fourth, fifth round. I think those are two. That's a classic sell high on Ryan Zimmerman, buy low on one of these guys. Gregory Polanco, I will tell you though, does worry me because what he was battling in the preseason was a shoulder injury, Mm -hmm. and the the biggest knock on him right now is his power. And we've heard about shoulder injuries uh, hindering power production, and so far that's been the case for Gregory Polanco. Now the stolen bases are up for him, and he's on pace for a career high there. But the power is certainly down, and I think it's something that might continue to linger uh, unless we see like a phantom DL stint where he allows himself to get healthy. But we know that he was battling a shoulder injury mm-hmm. during the preseason that kind of was going underreported that a lot of people weren't talking about. I think that's legitimately sapped him of his power so far this season. And the Pirates are hurting because obviously Marte gone for those they're gonna, a 90 games. I think they're going to be sellers. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to be uh, looking to sell a lot of their pieces you know, Andrew McCutcheon. Mm-hmm. I think anyone in the bullpen could be sold. Yep. There's already rumors that maybe they could be shopping Garrett Cole. That mm-hmm. would be insane. I think the ones who, the, the only players I think that are off limits, if like thinking as how the Pirates operate and everything, would be uh, the young pitchers and Tyone, uh, Glass now, and then like Polanco, Marte, Bell, mm-hmm. all those young pieces that they're going to have control over for the next few years. I think those guys they keep and they want to build around, but I think everyone else. It's kind of expendable. Can I go back to Ryan Zimmerman? Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. I've never heard of this happening, but a sell high for a sell high. If you need a starting pitcher, do you think you could get Irvin Santana for him? And would you do it? Wow. Irvin you, Santana has the second most points among pitchers I, I right now. I think I would do it. 
I don't know if you. I think in a points league, your, I'd rather yeah. have the pitching. Yeah. I think it depends on your team need. Like if yeah. you have good pitchers, no. But but, that, that's but a like trade, you mentioned, like, he was going so late and he was getting picked up that you likely drafted a top twelve first baseman or whatever you drafted him to be your utility hitter. You probably have guys that you can put in right away right now that might be struggling. Uh, because but Ryan same goes Zerman, for Irving Santana. You could have drafted a lot of pitching and then scooped him up, or well, that's why on the on the flip side, like I I personally wouldn't trade Irvin Santana for him, but if I was a Zimmerman owner, would I try to get Irvin Santana back for him? I think I would. Yeah, and there's I no think harm I would in too. I mean, look, Santana's going to regress a little bit. Yeah, but he's but he's a good pitcher. There's no harm in trying to mm-hmm. sell Zimmerman. I just think it's going to be a lot harder than just saying like, oh, go out and sell high on him. I think it's going to be tough to find. Would it be easier to trade for a Jason Vargas for Zimmerman? And would you? I, I, I think mean, I'd rather Zimmerman. That's yeah. It's <laughs> it's tough though, but both owners probably are feeling great that they scooped up that guy, yeah. and that always adds to it as well. When you scoop a guy up or whatever, usually the the person is all happy that they added the guy, and mm-hmm. so I, I think that factors into it as well. Carlos Carrasco is probably shooting too high, right? I would, oh, yeah. I would think so. He's pitched well, too. And if you could do yeah, it, he is, he is the, I mean, he yeah. the sixth best starting pitcher in uh, points leagues right now. What yeah, about a Danny Santana? Salazar? Salazar? Uh, Dally, 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 Dally. <laughs> Very good. I was like, wait, I was like, I'm, Danny I'm Santana, <laughs> he's in the minor leagues. I would not trade Ryan Zimmerman for him. <laughs> not even in a dynasty league. So that's league. why you give me blank looks. <laughs> like, we, both wait had, a second. we both just stared at Joe like, what? Look at it. We'll be back. Uh, I want to talk about Mike Leake when we come back. We'll be right back at the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, weekend fantasy update. Joe Galina, Mike Florio, Frank Stanfo, and Pete Contadori producing our show. And uh, we've been talking about a couple of players that have uh, eh, maybe we feel might be playing over the head and just trying to get a gauge as to if we think that uh, their performance will continue. And I mean, this is a you're going to be looking to make some waiver wire moves. Uh, this weekend, uh, a guy who's really, really coming to his own, at least for this season, is uh, Cardinal starting pitcher Mike Leake. Uh, when you look at what he's doing so far, I mean, first of all, he hasn't given up a home run as of yet. Uh, just over 33 innings um, as an ERA of 1.35. And um, his hard hit rate is down just about 8%. Um his FIP, his ex-FIP, his Sierra, they all point to him pitching well. I mean, maybe not at to a 1.35 ERA, uh, but are you guys buying in on this new Mike Leak? Yeah, I'm a believer. Mm-hmm. I obviously don't think he's going to be this good. I think that home run, uh, the home run pace he's on right now is obviously insustainable. So mm-hmm. as he starts to give up some more long balls, the ERA will go up, get closer to that FIP and ex-FIP. Uh, the left on base is going to come down a little bit. But this is a guy who always, throughout his career, has good command. That's what he's doing right now. He doesn't miss a ton of bats. He's not getting a lot of strikeouts right now, but he gets a lot of ground balls. He reduces soft, uh, hard hit rate. Like He always has a low hard hit rate. He gets a ton of grounders. I just think that he is a 
a pitcher that is more value that that is valuable. He's a back end of your rotation guy. Right. He's good in points leagues because you know the strikeouts don't matter as much there as in roto. And one year last year that it was a down year. Before that, this guy was always a pretty consistent back of your fantasy rotation. The guy who got drafted and then he had a down year last year and and we all wrote him off. Yeah, you're right. From 2013 to 2015, he had a 3.70 ERA or less for three straight seasons. So that's incredibly consistent. Not incredibly sexy, but, you know, it certainly helps. And I I like the fact that you pointed out uh, in points leagues, too, because he's going to give you innings. Uh, There's a guy who can give you close to 200 innings, maybe even go over 200 innings. Uh, I think... When I, when I see a pitcher start off this well, I like to look and see if they're doing something different that, uh, from what they normally do. And he's actually throwing his cutter uh, nearly 10% more than he did last year. And it's the most that he's thrown this cutter since 2011. So he's throwing it 26% of the time. And according to the pitch values rankings on uh, Fangraphs, uh, it's being graded out as a plus pitch right now. So as long as he's continuing to throw that cutter, uh, keep hitters off balance, he gets a ton of ground balls, which I love. He's going to give up home runs eventually because he's consistently around 13% home run to fly ball ratio. So with what he's doing right now, I think when everything is said and done, if he continues to pitch this way, I think he can pitch close to that XFIP, the low to mid three ERA, and really put together a career year here uh, as long as he continues to throw that cutter with that success. So I'm buying him, uh, especially in points leagues, because he doesn't get a ton of strikeouts, but he can certainly stabilize your ratios um, in roto for ERA and whip. Let's move away from pitching for a second. Talk about a guy, Chris Owings from the Diamondbacks. Mike, you were saying that the Diamondbacks, Basically, they're a pretty fun team they're to follow uh, on, you know, when it comes to fantasy. Um, now, Chris Owings is a guy that, I mean, he had a pretty decent uh, reputation coming up through the minor leagues, and it's taken him a while, but he's put together a really nice season. He's batting three hundred eight, five home runs, uh, eight stolen bases, and uh, it's little pop there and also a good uh, on base percentage. I mean, is he someone that you guys are, are buying into? I mean, he's multi-position eligible as well. I think he's a must own in mm-hmm. fantasy right now. And like you said, he's getting on base a lot. He's not going to give you a ton of homers, but I mean, he can give you up to 15. True. I think he can steal anywhere from 20 to 30, maybe even a little bit more bases. Mm-hmm. Stole and 21 last year in just a 119 games. Eight already, yeah. like you said. Mm-hmm. So I think there's certainly a possibility for him to expand on that. Mm-hmm. Plus, he gets on base a lot in this ballpark in that lineup. He's going to score a lot of runs. So, I mean, that's that's four categories right there he's giving you. Mm-hmm. I think you've got to be intrigued. Yeah, I trust him much more for the stolen bases, the five home runs right now. Uh, he's only one off from his career high. He hit six home runs back in 2014 in 91 games. That's his career high. He's certainly going to exceed that, uh, but I do think the the rate of which he's hitting home runs is going to slow down. He'll probably get to 10 to 12. I think he can flirt with 30 stolen bases. And for people who look at the BABIP and just automatically say, oh, well, his BABIP is high, his batting average is going to regress, let's keep in mind that he's still just 25 years old. So why can't he be a player that's finally just stepping into his own, uh, he's an in the prime age of his career, why can't he just be getting better? He's hitting the ball harder than ever before. He hits the ball on the ground, and he's extremely fast. So while the bat is high, I think he might be able to sustain a 300 batting average. Uh, I'm not automatically writing off that he's going to be a 275, 280 hitter. He's entering the prime of his career, so I think him hitting around 300 is certainly possible. Uh, 
Tim McCullough, managing editor of uh, RotoExperts.com, wrote about uh, Marwin Gonzalez. We'll talk about him next, but I just want to remind you that the RotoExperts.com exclusive edge in-season fantasy baseball package is your ultimate bench coach for the 2017 season. Stay ahead of the pack with our in-depth statistical breakdowns, trend analysis, and player insights. Become a waiver wizard and learn how to scan the numbers like a roto scientist. We help you set the ideal lineups every week. And this season, you get a built-in fantasy training staff with our new injury advisor, powered by InsideInjuries.com. Get the RotoExperts.com exclusive edge in-season fantasy baseball package now and start soaring to the top of the standings. Enter promo code FREERADIO at checkout for a special discount. So, guys, what do you think about Mar- uh, Marwin Gonzalez? Uh, the last I looked, he was owned in less than 30% of CBS leagues. Uh, I think he should be eligible at first, third, outfield. I mean, he's been extremely hot the past couple of weeks. Six home runs, 15 runs batted in. Batting over 400, five of those six home runs were hit in the past week, and uh, he is still fighting for some at bats. Uh, you have Yuli Uriel uh, taking some at bats away from him, but uh, I mean, if he's hot, do you think that maybe he could, you know, become more of a regular player? Yeah, they said the other day. Uh, the, the Astros manager AJ Hinch said that Marwin Gonzalez needs to be ready to play every single day. He mm-hmm. said he doesn't have a set position mm-hmm. but he needs to be ready to get every day at bats because right now you cannot take his bat out of the lineup mm-hmm. and that's what we've seen we've seen him play some first we've seen him play some third mm-hmm. he's going to play all around the diamond but as long as he's getting the at bats who cares at, for a fantasy perspective as to where he's playing as long as he's in that lineup mm-hmm. and right now he's very hot he's his power he's been power surging like you just said nine homers already in 25 games he also has two stolen bases, so you'll get a little bit of everything out of this guy. Do I think he's going to keep this pace up? No. But I think as of now, while he's getting these at-bats, while he's hot, take a flyer on him. Throw him in your lineup, and then when he cools off, you know, you, you move on to the next one. You're not looking to pick up a guy. All your pickups aren't rest of the year. Right. you got to stream sometimes and ride the hot hands when sure. you can. Yeah, I think he is just a, a guy that you stream right now while he's hot. Obviously, regression is going to hit him. What I like most is that he's just really reinvented himself uh, as a hitter. I mean, he's striking out less than ever before, just 18%, and he's walking 13% of the time. So uh, he's been an extremely patient hitter so far this season. He's not swinging at bad pitches. Uh, he's making decent hard contact right now. What I will say uh, is that the home run fly ball ratio is nearly 43%. That is obviously uh, screaming regression, but as long as he is playing, I think that in a 15-team league, he should be owned and started, and certainly because of his position eligibility, uh, that that makes him even more enticing. Uh, But it looks like he has reinvented himself as a hitter. Maybe he's another one of these guys who uh, has learned about the launch angle because he's hitting more fly balls than ever before, too, nearly 40% of the time, whereas in his career, uh, he was down around 31% fly ball rate. So he's constantly, he's, consistently trying to hit more fly balls and he's hitting the ball hard which is leading to home runs he's not going to keep this pace up but i would also ride him while he's hot in a 15 team league or deeper back to pitching how about a guy like uh derrick holland <laughs> uh former 16 game winner right uh just over 35 innings pitch 2.02 era 1.037 whip uh i mean FIP, XFIP, Sierra, they all point to maybe a higher ERA in the upper threes to low fours. 
Um, I mean, the BABIP it might be a bunch lower than his career average. It's it's two twenty now. Uh, average is two ninety four. Is he someone that you would consider picking up off the waiver wire, streaming, or maybe? I mean, if you do own him and have used him, someone that you might try to maybe sell high. Yeah, I think he's more so of a sell-high candidate. If you own him, I think you, that you could stream him in the right matchups. Uh, obviously, the strikeouts are way up uh, back like they used to be in his 2013 days where you know he actually w- went over 200 innings pitched, 7.5 Ks per nine, but still walking a decent amount of guys. He's a fly ball pitcher. Once the weather heats up a little bit in Chicago, uh, some of those fly balls are going to turn into home runs, mm-hmm. and he's giving up a ton of hard contact. You hit it on the head with the BABIP. The BABIP is extremely low. He's allowing a two a 200 or less batting average to both left-handers and right-handed pitching uh, batters. Right. So that's not going to sustain itself. Uh, so if you can sell high on him, I think you could try and see what you'll get from him. I don't think that you'll get much. I think he's still worth streaming in the right matchups, but I think he is an obvious regression candidate. I don't trust him as much as the other guys we've talked about, like Mike Leake and so be it. Right. How about you there, Mike? Yeah, I don't like Derek Holland. I've kind of made it known. I don't think he misses enough bats to make up for the amount of walks that he allows. I don't think that, like Frank said, once it heats up in, in Chicago, a lot more of those fly balls are going to leave the park. Plus, I don't think his bat is sustainable. The strand rate is too low. Mm-hmm. I think as all that starts to normulate, his ERA is going to get closer to his FIP and XFIP, and he's not going to be a pitcher you really want to own. All right. How about a Michael Taylor uh, before we go to commercial, uh, Nationals uh, dealing with the loss of uh, Adam Eaton. And yes, rest in peace, Adam. <laughs> but so, you, yeah, the we, way you said it, I, the I, loss. I guess I kind of, yeah, right. Uh, but we were thinking, Mike, you and I and Chacha on our team, we were thinking Rafael Bautista. Uh, you know, he had a lot of stolen bases, decent average with the minor and the minor leagues. And Michael Taylor has always been someone that. Uh, he just he has the tools, but, but he, he can't put it all together. Exactly, doesn't know how to use them. Exactly, that's a good way of putting it. He has well, the power. Come, what kind of handyman doesn't know how to use his tools, <laughs> exactly, Joey? Come on exactly. now. He has the power. He has the speed. He mm-hmm. needs to put it all together. But. Lately, I mean, his batting average is, is up. Uh, I mean, it was below a hundred. Uh, he is uh, on a six-game hitting streak yeah. too with. Three multi-hit games during that span, so he's heating up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he had a two stolen base game against the Diamondbacks a couple of days ago as well. It looks like they're starting him, right? What's up? They're, they're using him on a daily basis. He's the guy right now, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Certainly, uh, maybe later in the year they look to call someone up. But I think it's Michael Taylor's job for now. Interesting power speed combo. Certainly should be owned in I would say fourteen team leagues or deeper. All right. Well, we'll be back with more on the Fancy Sports Radio Network. We're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. Joe Galina, Frank Stample, Mike Florio, Pete Considori. And remember, you can now take the world's premier 24-7 Fantasy Sports Radio Network with you wherever you go. Download the FNTSY Sports Radio app in the iTunes Store or on Google Play now and listen for free anytime and anywhere. You can hear Tony Cincata when you're on the treadmill. You can listen to Benny Ricciardi when you're in the car or even Greg Sussmania on the subway. Just relax with the king on the couch or Jake Seeley 
Listen to him when you're jogging. I mean, we keep you updated and informed wherever you go. Get the FNTSY Sports Radio app for free right now in the iTunes Store or on Google Play and take the experts with you. So um, leading into the season, uh, we were talking a lot about uh, steals being at a premium, right? So, uh, Mike, you did a, like a little study basically on – stolen bases and if it's still an issue so i wrote an article this week comparing a lot of stats from this april to last april to see how they hold up like power has actually increased stolen bases they're up very 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 slightly but in the grand scheme of things still down compared to any year besides like last because the last two years they've been way down compared to even just five six years ago Mm -hmm. and Looking all the way back to like almost 40 years ago, these are still lowest, the lowest totals that we've seen in any full season. Right. So this year, April so far, there's been 400 stolen bases and 154 caught stealing. So a total of 554 attempts. Last April, there was 361 stolen bases, 170 caught stealings for a total of 531 attempts. So about 23 more attempts this year, but for whatever reason, there was a lot more games played this April. I guess there was a lot of rainouts, probably sure. a lot more days off. So on the attempts like per game and everything, last year would actually have the edge. I also looked, though, at last year players who stole 20 or more bases, 28 of them last year. This year right now, there's this was uh, when I wrote it on Wednesday, so it was like May 1st or 2nd. Mm-hmm. There were... 35 people with four or more stolen bases. And if you know, you extrapolate that over a full season, if that pace holds up, those guys would be on pace to steal over 20 bases. So there's about 35. So that number would looks to be increasing, but stolen bases as a whole down. So are you guys a little more tolerant, let's say to a roster, a guy like a Jared Dyson, who's batting 216 right now and has nine stolen bases? Um, or uh, a VR, which you invested a very high pick. I mean, he's batting two hundred three, only has six stolen bases. Well, not only. I mean, it's in this. That's pretty decent for this the time. Thing that's Are worth, you more tolerant? You know, I think you got to be because there's such a premium on stolen bases right now. Like, like Dyson. I know he's not really helping you anywhere else, mm-hmm. but those nine stolen bases in a roto league, yeah, they're extremely valuable. Mm-hmm. But what I was going to say about Johnny VR, six steals, three of them came in one game. He prefers to be called Jonathan. No, nah, I like not Johnny. Like he's your body, buddy. <laughs> he's he's both my buddy and my body. <laughs> I actually told Joe this before the show. Uh, I looked at on pace numbers, and Jonathan VR is on pace for two hundred twenty nine strikeouts and just twenty seven stolen bases. I don't think that's very good. <laughs> <laughs> no. So I mean, look. Uh, it's an old cliche, you can't steal first base, but if you're striking out that much, mm-hmm. you're not even giving yourself the opportunity to walk, I mean, hit a single to get on first base so you can you steal second or however you can get on just to be able to do so. When you're striking out at that pace, it's just it's going to affect your on-base percentage. And, you know, even a guy like so far this season, Billy Hamilton, he's not playing great. He's hitting about 230. I mean, the OBP is not much higher, but he has 18 stolen bases already. He's on pace for 100. And he's been a very good stolen base. Uh, he attempted 19, so he's only been caught once. Yeah, so he's 18 for 19. Yeah. Uh, he has the most attempts by far. The next closest to him is uh, AJ Pollock, who has 13. Mm-hmm. Uh, and according to ESPN Player Raider, uh, for rotisserie leagues, what they do is they, they 
they give each category a value and based on what you do uh, in all the categories they 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 rank you out where you are in that position so Billy Hamilton because of his stolen bases ranks as the fifth most important outfielder in rotisserie leagues right now because of those 18 stolen bases so for everyone who wanted to to knock you know knock people who are drafting Billy Hamilton in the third fourth fifth round whatever it might be He's a top five outfielder in Roto Leagues right now because of it. Well, you, it's crazy. You kind of knew that you were going to be getting 40 to 50. Maybe now at, at this pace. He's might on even pace be for more. 100. Yeah, Legitimately yeah. 100 <laughs> exact on the dot. Every time this guy is on first base, lately it seems like he's stolen second and then stolen third base. Mm-hmm. Have you guys been surprised at the amount that Pollock has been running? Because I thought this was a guy who can give us 30 steals, but he's on pace for a hell of a lot more than that. Yeah, he's making me crow because I was, you know going nowhere near this guy based on you know there you go. I got my Pollock shirt on today <laughs> um, just based on his injury uh, you know his propensity to get hurt no I mean he certainly know? could still get injured it's not like that that has gone away but mm-hmm. I I looked when I was looking at his numbers uh, the other day I was actually tweeting some stuff about him I was surprised he was running this frequently like it feels like every time I look at the box score mm-hmm. he's a stolen base yes and he is actually currently on pace for 57 stolen bases yeah like I mentioned, he is the next closest to Billy Hamilton with uh, 13 attempts so far this season. He is 11 for 13. Uh, then just going down the line, Jose Altuve is 9 for 10. Uh, Jared Dyson is 9 for 11. D. Gordon is also 9 for 10, which I think we should talk about like comparing D. Gordon to Billy Hamilton. A lot of people did that uh, in the preseason. Who would you rather own, D. Gordon or Billy Hamilton, mm-hmm. uh, or none, and why? Uh, and I think most cases... You know, they were going at a similar rate, maybe late third, early early fourth round uh, in those deeper leagues. And so far, I mean, Billy Hamilton has doubled the amount of stolen bases and nearly doubled the attempts that D. Gordon has. It's a good point. If you went with B, uh, I was going to say B. Gordon. If you went with <laughs> Billy Hamilton, you, you've won that one so far. But it, go ahead. I was going to say, going back to a guy that we spoke about earlier, if you're in need of steals, go out. And buy Johnny VR. I think he is a great buy low right now. Everything he's doing is on pace with what he did last year. Obviously, the strikeouts are up though, so mm-hmm. that's that's an issue. But hard hit rate nearly identical to what it was last year. He's hitting actually less fly balls than he did last year. He's hitting the ball on the ground a little bit more, and yet his BABIP is a hundred points lower. So that's telling me that one been pretty unlucky. A lot of those ground balls are finding gloves. Mm-hmm. He's not beating them out. That's going to change. This is He's always been a high BABIP guy. He's so fast. He hits him on the ground so much that that's just going to increase. And I think as that increases, he's going to get on base more. The average, you know, at the end of the year when it's all said and done, I think he could be like a 250 hitter. Mm-hmm. And which means he's going to hit probably about 270 or so the rest of the way. And as he gets on base more, there's obviously more times where he could attempt these stolen bases. Plus, Eric Thames cooling off a little bit. I think helps him because why risk having him steal when Eric Thames is red hot? Sure. But now that he's cooled off a bit, now you want VR to do VR things and to to steal the bases and get into scoring position. I think when it's all said and done, Johnny VR still can steal 50 bases. Yeah, and I was a huge fan of VR as well, so I I second that. Uh, Maybe not in points leads because stolen bases don't matter as much, and he does strike out a lot, which... 
you know, being the guy that I am, that's the only place where I have him is in a points league. So, right. you know, it's it's been a rough stretch so far for VR. Uh, just a couple other guys that I wanted to bring up, guys that we were depending on for stolen bases, or, you know, maybe we expected some stolen bases out of. Tim Anderson has just two stolen base attempts so far this season, and that's really a guy yeah, that I thought... Yeah, we were thinking of 20 by the end of the season for yeah, me. I, I was honestly... And, I was thinking more, because this is mm-hmm. a guy who has a 49 stolen base season in the minors. Mm-hmm. That doesn't necessarily always translate because we Again. see guys have a lot of stolen bases in the minors. Mm-hmm. Maybe it doesn't add up, but I was expecting 25 to 30 stolen bases out of Tim Anderson. Mm-hmm. So far, he's had just two attempts. Uh, Bryce Harper, another guy, just two attempts. Mm-hmm. Now with the groin strain as well, probably right. won't be running as much. Uh, th- I don't think we get double-digit steals out of Bryce Harper. I tend to agree with you on that. I think that. we get about five at most. I thought I thought 10 to 12 could have was likely. In my but opinion, when you're drafting him, you're not really draft. You're drafting him for for the home runs. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah absolutely. I said yesterday if we were drafting today, I I think he goes second pick off the board. You could even make the argument for first. Mm-hmm. But if you were drafting him, expecting him to steal again, close to twenty, it it wasn't going to happen. I I just thought last year. I think Frank made a good point when we were talking about it. He couldn't really help with the bat, so he was doing what he could. Mm-hmm. Now he's he's hitting the ball all over the place. Why are you going to risk a guy who does have some injury history? Mm-hmm. Why risk having him steal? You want to do whatever you can to keep him on the field. Carlos Correa, another guy. You didn't expect much. Maybe 15 to 20. Right. Maybe even less than that. Zero attempts so far. Mm-hmm. Zero. So I found that very interesting. He's a guy who's got off to a slow start overall. I think things will get better for him batting average uh, and home run wise. Obviously, great lineup and great ballpark. But for stolen bases, might just might not be there for Carlos Correa this season. Francisco Lindor, a guy that we expected maybe 20, 25 steals out of. He's one for two in stolen base attempts this season. Uh, and last year, he batted mainly uh, third. This year, he's been batting second mostly this season. So I wanted to ask you guys, do you think that that is affecting his stolen base attempts? Do they not want to get him caught stealing with you know Edwin Encarnacion coming up next or Michael Brantley? Is that something that's limited his attempts so far this year? Yeah, I think it certainly does. We see it all the time. Where you bat in the order factors into your stolen bases. Just two years ago when Manny Machado was leading off, mm-hmm. he stole 20. He stole zero last year. He's already topped that this year, but still. And like, you wonder if, if it's Lindor that decides when he could go, or is it his, you know, let's say his first base coach, or is he getting signs? Uh, and it's not a lack of speed because Lind- Lindor's a fast guy, mm-hmm. so we know he can run. I, I think this is uh, a team design. This is designed behind the scenes. They they likely just want him on base with those big boppers coming up next, especially with the addition of Edwin Encarnacion. Mm-hmm. Encarnacion is a better home run hitter than anyone they've had in the past. Why would you take a risk on Lindor getting caught, getting yeah. caught stealing and turning a two, uh, you know, a two run home run into a solo home run. Mm-hmm. Th- those runs are valuable. You know, they always, they say it all the time. Pitchers can live giving up solo home runs. It's once you guys have, once you have guys on base and you're giving up home runs, that's where a lot of the damage is done. So I think it's by design mm-hmm. that they're not letting Lindor run as much this year. Uh, and obviously it's affected his fantasy value. Um, I think it's a trend in baseball. Yeah. People aren't, are noticing, Remember, it, it was like a big thing of uh, Billy Bean back in the whole Moneyball thing. He says, oh, I pay you to get on first. I don't pay you to get thrown out going to second. Like, mm-hmm. we need runs. We need as many people on base to score these runs as possible. And I really think it's become a shift that we have really seen in the past five or so years. Because in my article, I, I quoted, just in 2011, 2012, we were seeing over 3,200 stolen bases. Mm-hmm. Just... Straight up stolen bases, not even attempts. The last couple of years, down almost 700. 
of the so down to twenty five in the, the twenty five hundred range. I wonder if sabermetrics play a part too. In terms I think of, it plays a huge part, uh, especially uh, with the everything about the launch angle now. That's yeah. why guys are constantly trying to hit the ball in the air more and hitting for more power. I mm-hmm. think it's an obvious correlation with so many home run with the home run rate going up. Why take a chance on a guy getting thrown out if mm-hmm. guys are hitting more home runs than ever before? Like I just mentioned, we don't, they don't want solo home runs. They want two run homers, three run homers. They want guys on base. So they're not going to take chances with guys stealing bases. Maybe the Reds take more chances because they're not necessarily playing for anything. Also, maybe they're not going to take chances because of all the information from Sabermetrics that they have. Uh, they're only going to have their players run when they know that they could really when the situation Succeed. calls for or, it. Yeah. And that's or the thing. That though, also. That's also why I think Billy Hamilton runs so much because that's what he is there to do. He is there to get on base any way they, that he possibly can. They don't care how he's doing it because mm-hmm. we've seen him struggle at times to hit for average, not walk as much. So they want him to get on base at, by any means possible and then turn that single or walk or whatever it was into a double and to a triple. And they know that he, that's where his value is had. And he's so successful at doing so that it really, that, that's the whole reason he's out there. He's a, a special player, I would say, in that so, category. So when uh, our listeners go to the waiver wire tomorrow, uh, looks who they're looking at that might be there for them, maybe a, a Colton Wong? Yeah, these are a few guys that mm-hmm. I wrote down uh, over the past two weeks who might be available on waivers. Colton Wong has three stolen bases, who has really... Yeah, he's he's played, come on in the past couple of weeks. He's played yeah. well uh, the past couple of weeks and finally getting some consistent playing time. I know they've had some injuries, but uh, he's a guy who has three stolen bases. Eric Ibar, batting average, still not there. He's going to hurt you a little bit, but... He has three stolen bases, has a little bit of speed. Cameron Maben, another guy, three stolen bases over the past two weeks. Um, and then Michael Taylor, a guy mm-hmm. that we just brought up, has the the power speed potential. In, uh, in Certainly in AL only, this is a guy who might just come in to pinch run. Craig Gentry, I know in AL only leagues, you're looking just for guys who get at bats or guys that might be able to pinch run. This is a fifth outfielder in a 10-team AL only league or deeper, Craig Gentry. And then Devin Travis, who might have got dropped. Let me <laughs> Craig Gent- uh, Devin Travis, who might have got dropped uh, in a few leagues based on his slow start, has two stolen bases over the past two weeks as well. Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, it is still an issue, right, Mike? Trying to- yes, it is. Well, we'll be right back. Finish off the show on the Fancy Sports Radio Network. And we're back for the final segment of the Weekend Fantasy Update on Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Coming up is the Father and Son NASCAR Hour with uh, Sean Angle and his dad, the King, Scott Angle. And uh, so uh, as we finish up, uh, like I said, our listeners are going to be heading to the waiver wire. Uh, usually on, on Sundays, right? Sunday night. So... Um, you have some pitchers here that are owned in 62% or less of CBS Sports Leagues that uh, they might uh, consider picking up uh, that have two starts coming up in the next week, right? Yeah, uh, Hisashi Iwakuma, the first one up. At Philly, at Toronto, not great pitching environments, but the Phillies and, and the Blue Jays, the Blue Jays, I mean, all year against right-handed pitching haven't been great. I don't think this is a slam dunk by any means, mm-hmm. but in a 12-teamer, if he's floating out there and you're desperate for a two-star pitcher because um, you just you don't have any or you just you really want to try and uh, match the opposition, uh, I think Iwakuma is a solid flyer. 
I want no part of him. No, no part. He's of him. averaging o- almost more walks than he is strikeouts per nine. That that is yeah. awful. That, I mean, it was purely matchup. I'd, r- I'd rather go for uh, the, your next guy, Charlie uh, Morton. I'm surprised oh, yeah. that he's not owned in more leagues. Yeah, yeah. I, I would rather Morton over Iwakuma. I, as well. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. But I was I just wrote them in terms of uh, come on, get with the program ownership yeah, percentage. <laughs> no. Yeah, I, I just I, I can't mess I'm, with a guy who pitches so much to contact, giving up so much home runs in ballparks that do favor the long ball. I'm surprised that Charlie Morton is actually owned in less leagues than Iwakuma, just based on yeah, everything that he's done. T- over but, 10Ks per nine. Yep. And, but tough matchups next week, Atlanta and the Yankees. Oh, you think that's a tough match? I mean, they're hitting Thanks, well. Mike. Aaron Judge could just bunt the home run. Yeah, that's a tough one. No, they've actually been great uh, against right-handed pitching so mm-hmm. far. They're in the top five in Wolwa against right-handed pitching. Alex Wood, your guy. If that second start wasn't in Colorado, I'd be throwing him out everywhere. Mm-hmm. But neither one of these teams have been His hitting first well at all. At home, um, Alex Wood, yeah. Los Angeles Dodgers. I, sometimes we just assume that Alex doesn't <laughs> know what the heck we're talking about. But uh, pitching at home against Pittsburgh and then a second start, like you said, in, in Colorado, Colorado. That yeah. one's a lot scarier. A name on this list that is definitely available in even deeper leagues AJ Griffin. That's it. A, it that's, might be the best to start of all time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, San, at San Diego <laughs> versus Oakland, and this is a guy who, yeah, he struggles with the long ball, but you know the, the park factor going to San Diego helps him. His strikeouts are way up. Like me and Greg were talking about him yesterday on mm-hmm. BFFs. I think he's an obvious regression candidate, mm-hmm. but he's while he gets, well though. While he gets these next two, these next two starts, I, I'm fine throwing him out there. I would pick him up and actually stream him this week. Yeah, I think. He is the name here out of all these guys that, even in a deeper league, if he's available, I want him. Just a couple other names. Hector Santiago has pitched well this season. Uh, not the greatest matchups against the White Sox and the Indians. And then Matt Andresi, this is really just uh, just matchup based as well. I know he's he's thrown quality starts, doesn't have a ton of upside, but Royals have been terrible, uh, and Red Sox haven't been as good as I think that you know they've. As we expected, yeah. yeah. All right, well that does it on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update for Frank Stanfield, Mike Florio, me Joe Galina, and Pete Cosidori, the living legend. <laughs> uh, we'll check you out next time on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. 